0: This is William Link, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, welcoming you to a brand new edition of TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. And we'll welcome back our friend Dee Wallace in our second hour. Dee Wallace, the legendary scream queen, who is also known around the world as Mary the mother in E.T., the extraterrestrial. Calendar year 2022 will mark the 40th anniversary of the release of E.T. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about how the tremendous success of E.T. not only changed the course of Dee's life as an actress, but allowed her to change and expand how she saw herself as a person. We'll talk about that and more when Dee Wallace joins us in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we will open up our first hour by welcoming back our friend David Koenig. David's books on pop culture include Mouse Tales, a behind-the-ears look at Disneyland, and Danny K King of Gestures, the first and only in-depth look at the life and career of a legendary entertainer. David's latest book, Takes you behind the scenes of the production of Columbo. Columbo, the groundbreaking mystery series starring Peter Falk, and created by Richard Levinson and William Link, that celebrates its 50th anniversary on television this fall—at least, at least the 50th anniversary of the premiere of the NBC series. Columbo is a character who first emerged more than 60 years ago and underwent several changes, including the development of two pilots before Columbo, the series premiered. In In September 1971, Columbo's network run spans 35 years, first on NBC, then on ABC, and remains one of the few network TV series that was never really canceled. Instead, the show was left to wither away and die on the vine, so to speak even though Peter Falk maintained a desire to keep the series going all throughout that time. It is one of those mysteries that will never really be solved, although David provides as close to a resolution as possible in his new book, which is called Shooting Columbo, and which will tell you more about in just a second. David Kennedy, welcome back to our program.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
0: In many ways, we're talking about this off mic. I don't like to compare one book to another because that can take the focus away from your book, which I don't want to do. But if you follow Colombo, if you're an aficionado of Colombo, it's hard to look at your book without thinking of Mark DeWitsieck's book, The Colombo File. But in many ways, your book, Shooting Colombo, is the is exactly the sort of book that Mark DeWitsieck hoped would emerge when he wrote his book.
1: Yeah, that's what and Mark has told me that that too. He's enjoyed Shooting Colombo, and this was made... This book was intended for people who love his book, The Columbo File, which is is perfect as it is, and as it was when it first came out in 1989. And it's uh, you know it's a spectacular book, but it's sort of the episode by episode guide. Uh, and mine, I tried to go like one step back deeper and, and tell the whole story rather than here's what happened about this episode and such like things. So it, it's meant to mesh with Marks rather than compete or replace or, or that. They, everybody should have both of them.
0: I, exactly. That is, that is one of my takeaways. Everyone should have both books in their collection so that you can go back and forth because both books take us behind the scenes of Columbo, but both books complement each other, and both books reveal things that the other one doesn't. So you, if you want the complete story, you want both books, uh, including David Koenig's new book called Shooting Columbo, the Lives and Deaths of TV's Rumpel detective, which is available wherever books are sold, as well as Amazon.com. What led you to take this project on? Uh, this is
1: a book I've wanted to read my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> and and no one else wrote it. Uh, Mark came as, as close as, as anyone did, but still, I wanted more. Because I, I don't know if it's because Mark was so friendly with Peter Falk and... Um, Dick Levinson and Bill Link, that there's, there's a number of times through the Colombo file where he sort of hints that there was a lot of drama going on at this particular time and at that particular time without going very deep into that drama. And I'm like, so, so tell me more, so you whetted my appetite. I know there's, there's a lot more going going on behind the closed doors, and maybe that just wasn't the intention of his book, um, but I wanted, I wanted to go just a, a couple of layers deeper To the true whole story of the making of that. And I would have been delighted for somebody else with better access or more time or whatever advantage they would have had to have written it. But I I first wanted, you know, I've been a lifelong Columbo fan since I was a little kid, and and the show was probably not intended for, you know, a nine year old. But (laughs) it fascinated me because I'd watched The Wonderful World of Disney every Sunday night. And then Columbo was my mom's favorite show and was on next. And if it, you know, if it was Colombo, I'd sit around and watch it, and, and fell in love with it. And if it was McCloud, we changed the channel. So, <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco or something else, you know.
0: It is not a reference book per se. That is one of the things that distinguishes Shooting Columbo from the Colombo file. Shooting Colombo is more a uh, a reference book is more or less written to be read out of sequence, episodically. You know, you look up the show. Uh, if if you're if you're watching a negative reaction, you may turn to the section of the book that discusses negative reaction, so it augments your viewing experiences. Shooting Colombo, your book is is written as a narrative, and it is almost like a novel, in that you have rising action, falling action, and all. And even though you You introduce all the various players, both in front of the camera and behind the scenes. They all come across as characters in a novel.
1: Good, good. Well, I mean, when all this took place, it really was a story unfolding with these incredible characters and a great storyline and, you know, a a driving theme through the whole thing. None of it was intentional. It was just real life. But it was the story of of real life. And I, I hope that does come through.
0: Well, you mentioned none of this was intentional, but in in a way, Colombo itself emerged. Uh, I mean, how how Columbo itself you know first emerged on television in 1960. That was a happy accident. It came it came as a result of the writer's strike of 1960.
1: Right. You no, know, absolutely. And it uh, you know they had some extra time on 11th and the link had extra time on their hands and and weren't allowed to do what they were working on previously because they weren't. Allowed to do scripted shows at that time, to, or not scripted, yes, I guess scripted, but uh, uh, pre recorded shows at that time. They had to do something live, so they did, you know, Enough Rope, the original hour long uh, version of what would become Prescription Murder. And I think you watch that and you see how important Peter Falk was to the show, because if that was as great as their writing is, if it was in anybody else's hands, Burt Freeze, or Anybody else, it it wasn't going to become what it became.
0: David Koenig is on the line with us. David's latest book, Shooting Columbo, Shooting Columbo, The Lives and Deaths of TV's Rumpel Detective, provides a blow-by-blow account of the making of the Columbo television series and the development of the Columbo character from its origins as a live drama, which David just mentioned, in 1960 to the successful run of the stage play Enough Rope in the early 1960s to the development of the two pilot films in 1968 and 1971, as well as its long runs on both NBC throughout the 1970s and on ABC throughout the late 1980s and 1990s. Shooting Columbo, Shooting Columbo, The Lives and Deaths of TV's Rumple Detective available wherever books are sold, as well as Amazon Dot com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. And uh, what? What? One of the things I like about shooting Columbo, as as someone who who like you, hungers for more information about uh, one of my favorite TV shows, is that one way or another, you bring to life voices that aren't necessarily covered in, in the Columbo file. You, you mentioned that the Columbo file. The voices, of Levinson and Link, and Peter Falk are very strong throughout. You bring to life Dean Hargrove, who was the showrunner for most of the network run, as well as Everett Chambers and many of the um, many of the people behind the scenes at Universal.
1: Well, good. Yeah, that was a that was a deliberate intention as well because they were all in who they not just who they were in their position, um, because when they've been covered in in pretty much every other reference their work on Columbo it's just another credit and another name but these were all unique individuals who had certain strengths and and weaknesses and personalities that had direct impact on what episodes were chosen to produce be produced how they turned out you know uh, uh, I mean more than anyone uh, the later producer Dick Simmons who I mean completely turned the show Upside down, you know, and did completely, you know, totally different things of, of people who came before him and after him, um, and they had such a huge impact on the direction of the show um, that it was, you know, that was an important part of the story was sharing who they who they were.
0: You even made said Sheinberg likable.
1: Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> um well
0: yeah i uh, 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 for for uh, those for, for those who for those who don't know the name sid Sheinberg was a major executive at universal throughout the uh, throughout the 1970s and later uh, was a very uh, successful producer in his own right uh later in his career um depending on who you talk to sid sid Sheinberg is a polarizing figure and yet he comes across as he comes across as like a full of shooting columbo <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, he, we'll, we'll say, as you know, he was not always likable. Yes. But uh, yeah. his interactions with the uh, direct interactions that are I've covered in the book, um, he, he, yeah, they're positive.
0: Yes, positive, not the least of which was he was the champion for 24-year-old and unknown Steven Spielberg directing uh, what turned out to be the premiere episode of Columbo and, and, and one of the films that really cemented um, uh, Spielberg, and put him on his way.
1: Yeah, well, look, that was one of Scheinberg's greatest strengths. Was he was able to to recognize a handful of uh, players over the years who he just really championed. Who he uh, Spielberg more than anybody else. He was just you know enamored with Spielberg, and also as well Levinson and Link. He was he was a huge uh, supporter of theirs, and. You know, he, he They didn't give a lot of people a lot of rope <laughs> back then at Universal, but those were people who did, and and Mostly Good came out of that.
0: David Koenig is on the line with us. David's latest book, Shooting Columbo, The Lives and Deaths of TV's Rumpel Detective, provides a blow-by-blow account of the making of the Columbo television series and the development of... ...of the Columbo character. Shooting Columbo includes a treasure trove... ...of behind-the-scenes production information... ...from a host of sources... ...including series creators... ...Richard Levinson and William Link... ...producers Dean Hargrove and Everett Chambers... ...and series star Peter Falk himself. Shooting Columbo available wherever books are sold... ...as well as Amazon.com. I don't know whether this is intentional... ...or accidental. But structurally... Shooting Columbo is an inverted mystery and not 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 unlike a typical episode of Columbo itself and that you you don't go. You you, you you very slyly let the reader know who the perpetrator is right away. Sort of. <laughs> 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 yes,
1: yeah, the structure, the structure is intentional, but it, there is a little Jackson Gillis in there. There is there's, there's more than one. It's a little mysterious at the beginning where, uh, you're not, you got, by the end you kind of have to make up your own mind who really is to blame for shooting Columbo.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Although, you know, at least for the, you know, speaking for myself, this reader's perspective, it's a little hard to shake that. That image you lay at the very beginning was a little indelible for me, but, uh, and we'll get to that with one of my questions. You mentioned, you mentioned there's a little Jackson Gillis involved, uh, Jackson Gillis was one of the great mystery writers of television. He left his mark on Perry Mason, among other shows, and uh, he was known for what was called the Act II switcheroo.
1: Yeah, that's a a term I made up, so I don't don't know if anybody else ever identified it that way, but he, I mean, so many of my favorite episodes of Columbo um, are written by, uh, Jackson Gillis, because he he was able to take the stories to another level that most of the other Columbo writers could not do. They sort of were a little more formulaic and sort of here's here's uh, the guy who did it. here's what happened. Here's how he did it, and then there's you know Columbo starts uncovering one clue after another until the guy is is hung at the end, um, usually with some sort of pop at the you know surprise ending, ideally. But Jackson Gillis incorporated a surprise in the middle, and he you know, sort of changed the story's direction halfway through. And you think one particular person is the murderer, or the victim, or the motive, or, you know, the, you, you think the plot is going one way, and then halfway through he takes it in a completely different direction. The first episode he, he did that on, um, in which he, he learned to do that every single week on, on Perry Mason, but the first one he did on Columbo was, suitable for framing um with the terrific ross martin episode and and you think he killed it because he killed the uh, the uncle because he wanted the art collection and in fact what he's doing is he's framing the person who is supposed to receive it and then when that person goes to jail then secondhand he'll in theory get it just, <laughs> every episode he worked on he, he Put one of these Act Two switcheroos in.
0: Yeah, in fact, um, I didn't realize this, uh, but he, like, like, like a lot of good writers, he cribbed from himself and he revisited a premise that he originally developed on Perry Mason. He twenty years, twenty or so years later, that, that emerged as a as, as the premise of a Columbo.
1: Yeah, I I think he did that a, a number of times. The one time that pops into my head is there's one of the. Later episodes he did in which he has his uh, killer shoot the victim twice so that if someone sees him escaping <laughs> one of the times, he could always say, well, the, the body was already dead and there's no crime against shooting a dead body. So that that's one of the ones he stole from Perry
0: Mason. David Koenig is on the line with us. David's latest book, Shooting Columbo, The Lives and Deaths of TV's Rumpel Detective, provides a blow-by-blow account of the making of the Columbo television series and the development of the Columbo character. Shooting Columbo includes a treasure trove of behind-the-scenes information, uh, stuff that um, I did not know about, and I've been following Columbo uh, for... (laughs) (laughs) About <laughs> forty years. Uh, uh, we'll just we'll tease we'll, we'll tease a couple of things. You gotta you gotta pick up a copy of Shooting Colombo in order to, to to find out the backstory. Among other things, we learned that Brian De Palma, Martin Scorsese, and Paul Williams all nearly worked on a Columbo. Uh, David talks about that. We also learned that the important role of Larry Cohen as a quote-unquote murder consultant, shooting Columbo, available wherever books are sold, as well as Amazon.com. We mentioned that the book is very novelistic. Um, it's a narrative, and uh, even though you're talking about real people, they all have story arcs, and they have... Some come across better than others. Falk, Peter Falk, he comes across as both sympathetic and, at least for me, exasperating at the same time.
1: Just like in real
0: life. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll pick up that thread on the other side of the break. David Koenig is on the line with us. David's latest book, Shooting Columbo, The Lives and Deaths of TV's Rumpel Detective, provides a blow-by-blow account of the making of both the NBC Columbo series from the 1970s and the ABC series of Columbo movies from the late 80s and 1990s. Talks more, David Koenig. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk